this is why I'm so skinny. I'm selling because my grandma, my grandma, my grandmother bakes really nice brownies, and they're very good. So, gotta, there gotta you support go. They the lace, Newman. She put anything in them. <laughs> whatever, whatever fucking Isaiah, whatever Isaiah Stewart took, that's what's in them. Oh, you saying you have a confrontational Thanksgiving dessert at your house? Yeah, we're beefing. Welcome to episode 39 of Clubhouse Convos. Uh, happy Thanksgiving from the boys. It's Colin, your host, joined by Evan today. How are you, pal? I'm good. Rolled out of bed at two or whatever the hell it was. So Absolutely lazy piece of shit today from you. Dan, how are you? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I got to see the girlfriend before she heads to California for uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So uh, Wow, California. She's going know. to a uh, a BTS concert. So she's one of oh those. my god! The fuck is BTS? Who's that? Who's that's that? K- that's K-pop shit. Yeah, oh. Korean music. <laughs> what, the Korean rap. what the fuck? What the fuck? That's weird one as hell. Newman, how are you? I'm good. I woke up at a respectable noon time, so. I woke up at 11. Come on. Dan, you probably woke up earlier than me. Well, I woke up at 7. You're a psychopath. Newman and I I had a great Madden battle last night because now all of of our games are so close and I lost the AFC Championship game. Painful. Yeah. Yeah. Painful. Anyway. Uh, Let's talk some sports here. Um, We'll start with MLB. So a couple signings since we last talked. Obviously, we did our uh, predictions list last week. Um, no, nobody on this list is actually signed yet outside of Verlander. Uh, so we'll touch upon him first. He goes back to Houston, what, two for 50 mil, I believe. Um, I know I had him going to Atlanta, I think. Did you have him going back, Ev? No, I did not. I had him to Detroit. And Dan, what about you? Where'd you have him? I had him going to New York. New York, and I don't think Newman was on for that episode. No, but I would have predicted New York. New York, yeah. Uh, so he goes back to Houston, two for fifty. What are the initial thoughts on the signing? Um, I like it. I th- I think Houston really needs him because that rotation has been questionable. Obviously, like we saw it in the playoffs, like they were having to start Granky. Uh, which obviously wasn't a bad thing, but their starters were only going like four innings. So I think to get him back like a proven vet, uh, it wouldn't shock me if he was like a Cy Young candidate next year or if he's struggling oh in over four. I think oh, okay. I think he there's a wide range between like what okay. it could be next year. I thought you uh, were but saying I like he would be Cy Young next year. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I think there's just a wide range of what he could be. Gotcha. What about you, Dan? Um. I'm kind of, I guess, just a little surprised he went back to Houston. Um, just kind of looking into it, it did seem like he was kind of out the door. But, I mean, good for Houston to get him back. Obviously, pitching is kind of a problem for them. Um, so, 
I mean, good for Houston to get him back, but not much really besides just kind of surprising to see him go back. And Newman, your thoughts? I like it. I think it's a slight overpay. I know the Yankees were trying to come in at like a two for 40 kind of number, which I think probably would have been better for him considering his injury history and the the unknown of what he'll, he'll bring to the table. But I like Houston securing that starting pitching. Yeah. Um, some more starting pitching help. Uh, St. Louis, Stephen Matz goes to St. Louis, I believe last night. Because uh, Steve Cohen was bitching on Twitter about <laughs> Stephen Matz not being true to his word. Um, so Matt signs a four-year, $48 million deal with the Cardinals. Uh, Evan, your thoughts on this deal? Well, I like it for St. Louis. I think they needed another starter. And I like Stephen Matz. He had a good year with Toronto. I know he pitched pretty well against the Sox a couple times this year. Um, and I think he's a guy that's proven it over his career that he's just a, he's a number three starter and he'll log innings for you. And um, I like the fit there. Uh, I think, like I said, St. Louis needed a starter and, and Matt's fits the bill. Dan? Uh, not a lot of thoughts here. Um, just good signing for St. Louis, really. Um, but besides that, not a lot. And Newman, what do you think? No, I, I think it's a really good signing for them. He had a really good start with Toronto. I thought Steve Cohen shit is just so weird. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think they've released any details yet, but like, why do you have your fucking like owner on Twitter? Yeah. He's always been on Twitter. He's always yeah, been know, bitching about like, something. That's so dumb. Um, I, I actually thought I predicted Danny Duffy to the St. Louis Cardinals. So I was kind of on the right track there uh, with the, lefty. the veteran lefty. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a good signing for the Cardinals. Matt's just adds another arm. You know, if he can replicate what he did this year, I think the St. Louis Cardinals would be very pleased with that at $12 million a year. So I think they're taking a little bit of a risk on four years, but, you know, you're not giving them too, too much per year. And uh, if you can get what they got out of them this year in Toronto, then that's a huge win. A uh, couple other starting pitchers, both returning to San Francisco, Anthony DiScalfani, three for 36, and Alex Wood, two for 20, uh, both going back to San Francisco. Do you, when and if, I guess if and when, do you think uh, Kevin Gosman joins them in returning? I don't think Gosman goes back. Uh, I saw reported uh, there, there's like a lot of teams interested, including the Angels. I saw that report last night. As far as DiScalfani goes, like, an, again, solid pitcher. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll continue to get hit around by the Dodgers, but, um, you know, giants need arms and wood again, like same thing, like really good year. It'll be curious to see with no Posey there, like how that affects their numbers. But, um, obviously giants are in a position where it's like, they got to spend money or they got to bring some guys back. And, uh, obviously from the standpoint of pitching, they want to bring these guys back, which I think is a good thing for, for them. Dan, do you see Gosman returning? Um, I did actually have him going back, uh, when I was doing my predictions. Um, but in terms of these two signings, I mean, not a lot for me, but, uh, I think San Francisco definitely does have to get some pitching and, uh, to get two pitchers back, I think definitely helps them try and repeat what they were able to do this year. Maybe not to the same extent, but at least stay uh, successful. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Gosman's coming back but they definitely needed that starting pitching. I think two days ago, they just had Logan Webb in their rotation. Uh, and these two pieces were so underrated in their, their regular season success. So I think it's huge to bring them back on pretty good deals, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I think they're pretty team affordable. 
And again, it's similar to Matt's. Like if you can get what you got out of these guys last year, you're going to be very happy with the outcome. Uh, so I think two good value signings for the San Francisco Giants in the one American quick note, Colin. Oh, one, go ahead. One quick note, if I don't mind. I know the Mariners are in the market for Kevin Gosman. I don't know if you saw that, Newman. Ooh, I did. I'm very be excited. Be a good fit. Um, in the American League, one of the bigger relief name pitchers or relief pitchers uh, has come off the board. It's Kendall Graveman, Newman's uh, Newman's boyfriend. Uh, from Seattle. Uh, Newman's got a lot of those. He, <laughs> he leaves Houston uh, after the deadline deal and goes to Chicago three for 24. So that gives the White Sox, as Evan so kindly pointed out yesterday, Graveman, Kimbrell, and Hendricks. Uh, it's got to be the scariest one, two, three bullpen in the league. No. I mean, easily. Um, and I know we kind of had a little discussion. I know Newman said he would have rather seen him sign elsewhere. Uh, and, you know, get that closer role, which I understand to an extent. But, like, I still think he's in a great spot. I mean, I don't really care what inning a pitcher like that with that much talent pitches in. I think he, he's going to get the job done. I think we'll have an ERA sub three, maybe sub two and a half. I just think, he, you know, he's another guy for the White Sox, um, you know, back in that bullpen. They're going to score a lot of runs. They're going to have a lot of leads. And now that uh, now adding in Graveman, they'll be able to hold those leads. I think um, real quick before we get to Dan's thoughts, I, I do wonder, you know, why the White Sox keep signing and going after these ninth inning guys when you have Liam Hendricks already. Um, you know, Evan, you br- you've brought it up before. Closers are not often very good at pitching when it's not a closing situation. Uh, so it's interesting, like Chicago is really the only team across the league that kind of consistently piles up their closers or closers. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Um, I think kind of like, at least kind of what I'm thinking here, like you look at the Red Sox, Barnes was supposed to be the closer, but then towards the end of the year, he kind of lost that role. And I think what we can kind of learn from that is you can't have uh, too many closer type guys because we had multiple conversations of coming into the playoffs. Well, who's your guy at the end? We weren't confident in anybody. And I know like, yeah, sometimes they're not comfortable in the end, but I think you could kind of learn throughout an entire season, how to get used to those nerves of not being the ninth inning guy, maybe coming in the eighth. And for the White Sox, I mean, if you want to make deep playoff runs, you're going to have to have depth in the bullpen. And I think that having those three guys is going to really help them in the future. Yeah, I think I think Grayman had a lot of success in the eighth inning role with Houston to set up Presley. And I, from what I'm hearing, he's probably going to have the eighth inning in Chicago. And I've also heard that it leaves the door open for Kimbrel to be moved. I know the Phillies are leaving that that door open to maybe trade for Kimbrel. So that would probably be why they made that signing if they're thinking of moving Kimbrel. Yeah, that would be interesting to see who would be interested in Kimbrel after like such a great year last year but prior to that had not been the same what do, what are the Phillies what, like what are the White Sox looking back looking to get back do you know Newman? no I have no idea I just know that the Phillies are interested yeah uh one last MLB note Wander Franco gets the biggest contract in Ray's history um the biggest contract in history with for a player with less than one year of service time it's an 11 year, $182 million deal with a 12th year option worth $25 million. 
Um, so just a monster deal for Wander Franco. Wipes off six years of controllability for the Rays. Uh, really just something you never expect to see the Rays do. Uh, so why do you think they did it so early, Evan? And what are the benefits of doing it now? Well, I think to answer your first question, I think they did it so early because I think everybody knows that this guy is special. I mean, the number one prospect in baseball. And obviously we talked about how the Rays don't spend money. And I think if you are going to invest money in someone, it's a safe bet to do it in, like I said, the top prospect in baseball. We saw some flashes, obviously, during the regular season with his on-base streak. We saw some flash in the playoffs with, with a few home runs that he hit. Like, this dude is a superstar, and I think it's fair to say that in, you know, even like two years, he's going to be one of the best players in, in baseball. And if you compare his contract to some of the other guys, like, I don't think it's too far-fetched. And, you know, who, who cares? Wipe out those six years of controllability to get this guy for, for 12 more Uh Love it for Tampa Bay. They got a real special kid on their hands. Yeah. Um, I think what this kind of comes down to of why they get rid of the six years of controllability is that uh, 18 and a half per year. I mean, Tampa Bay, obviously not the biggest market, not going to have all the money. And I think if we go like if Tampa Bay went six years with just him at that, uh, the six years of controllability, like he's going to be looking for one of the biggest contracts in baseball. Uh, on the market and Tampa Bay just can't afford that. So I think if you just get this contract done early where he hasn't won any MVPs yet, like he's not looking for that 30 a year type thing yet. Um, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah. <laughs> well, the interesting thing, Dan, is like, you, this guy knows Tampa can't afford that. So yeah. it kind of shows like how loyal he's already being to Tampa Bay where he's willing to take this long-term deal where he knows, like, yeah, if I perform like this for two or three, four more years, I can get a monster ticket. But yeah. he wants to stay in Tampa, which I, I like to see that in a, in a star player. And, I mean, you look at, you look at like, Lindor making, what, 34 a year? And then this is, I think, 16 plus the club option. 18.5. I think with the 11 plus the club option, I think it's 16, according to – their website so like that even wow. that that's half of what Lindor gets for yeah. what Franco will turn out to be so it's a steal for them yeah Lindor sucks Lindor Fuck does stink. what did he hit 230 <laughs> this year yeah it was terrible yeah. and he got hurt too I, I wonder what the Mets do this offseason it'll be interesting to see if Cohen actually spends a lot of money like he says he will they can't bring bias back those two are just like a, them together it's just like no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not a product that i would uh, care to turn on no all right let's move on to the nba uh we'll get to our power rankings first dan if you'd love to throw that graphic up for us in that is uh, the NBA. In first place, we have the Golden State Warriors staying put. They've been atop the rankings all three times. Uh, Phoenix Suns jumped six spots to number two. Brooklyn Nets stay put at three. Utah Jazz staying put at four. Chicago Bulls move up one to number five in our rankings. Miami Heat dropped down to six, uh, swapping places with the Bulls. Clippers become uh, seventh after being not ranked last power rankings. The Wizards also jump into the top 10 at eight. 
Uh, Dallas Mavericks dropped from seven to nine, and the Denver Nuggets make an appearance in the top ten. What do you guys think about this top ten? I got to look at what I had. Yeah, so I'm looking at it right now. Um, I have a kind of a big issue with Denver being considered a top ten team right now. Um, I had Milwaukee at 10 and I think obviously the reigning champions should probably be there. And especially considering Jokic was out missed last night's game. They got absolutely trampled by Portland, um, on the road. We know about Michael Porter jr. And the questions with him, uh, for the rest of the year, like probably won't play. I don't know. Some, some shit's going on there. Yeah. Denver is just not a top 10 team. And, and I think the, the, like I said, the reigning champions should be in that spot. Other than that, I had pretty much uh, everything similar. I just had Jazz and Nets swapped, Jazz at three, and then I had the Mavericks at eight and the Wizards at nine. But, yeah, I have kind of a pretty big problem with Denver at 10. I had Jazz and Nets swapped, but I, I had Denver at 10. I don't, I don't have a gripe with it. Yeah, I had Denver at nine. I think after the first six, there's a very big drop-off, in my yes. opinion. Absolutely. So I think those seven through ten could go any which way. And I think there are some other teams that could have been in that seven through 10. Like, I don't, I don't, if you made a case to me on why the Dallas Mavericks didn't belong in the top 10, I'd probably believe you. Yeah. Is that all we have on power rankings? This is a pretty weak power rankings recap. Basketball, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to some basketball news then. Uh, we'll, we'll speed through these. LeBron James and Isaiah Stewart. I'm sure many of you have seen the video. Uh, LeBron with the blatant dickhead cheap shot right to the fucking eyeball. Uh, Stewart goes ballistic. He's bleeding like an absolute fucking madman. Uh, he wants to fight the entire Lakers organization all by himself. Uh, and, you know, he might have been able to uh, with how angry he was. Um, but Stewart gets two games suspension. LeBron gets one. I mean, there's rumors LeBron's trying to send this guy an apology text. Anthony <laughs> Davis is like, I can't believe they suspended him. It was clearly an accident. I don't know, Anthony, bro. It might be the unibrow getting in your way, but the video looks pretty obvious. <laughs> he elbowed him right in the fucking face. Uh, so what are your thoughts? Um. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious. I haven't seen anything like that in so long. I just found it so funny just seeing him trample like three guys and then they just like end up on the court. Just the funniest shit ever. But yeah, of course LeBron should have got suspended. I think Isaiah probably should have got suspended longer than two games. I mean, my God, I've never seen anyone that angry. Uh, I hope he's talking to somebody uh, privately on the side to work out his issues because he's clearly got some. Um. <laughs> I think it was the blood that put him over the edge, though. I think, like, seeing yeah. his own – it was like, this is bad. Like, and you could see him talking talking to Cade Cunningham and, and Coach Casey. He's like, move. He's like, move. And it's like, oh, okay, like, I'm fine. And then he turns and then runs back. It was just – it was hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. That's all I got. Um, I, I think Evan kind of hit it. I mean, it was a crazy video to start with, and then um, – Stewart just kind of chasing after uh, the Lakers players. I mean, just something you don't really see from the NBA a lot. I mean, it's kind of turned into just this uh, everyone's uh, everybody's friend in the NBA. And it's just kind of like, I don't want to watch it. Like that just kind of made me like, Oh, the NBA actually exists still. 
Yeah, it's pretty fucking insane. I honestly would have been okay if LeBron got two games. I think that's kind of the, been the precedent for that kind of incident. But then fucking Stewart comes out like he's running out of a psychiatric hospital. It's so fucking good. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was hysterical. So entertaining. Um, while we're on the topic of the Pistons, uh, who will have the worst record at the All-Star break? The Detroit Pistons, who sit at 4-13, and 13, and now lose their insanely valuable Isaiah Stewart for the next two games. <laughs> <laughs> or the Orlando Magic, who sit at a pretty 4-14. Four and 14. I'm going to say the Pistons finish worse. The Magic have had a couple of games. The Magic beat the Jazz, too, at home. So that was a really big win for them. Uh, and I and I just like that I like their roster and their talent a little bit better than Detroit's. Yeah, I'm also gonna go with the uh, the Pistons, I guess. Um, I mean, they both really suck, and when you look at both rosters, it, it, it's really hard to separate the two. But I'd have to go with the Pistons. Yeah, Pistons for me. I think Orlando is trying to win games. The Pistons are not trying to win games. It's very obvious they're trying to lose games, as are the fucking Rockets. Holy shit! So like. <laughs> It's very clear when the NBA teams are tanking um, to get better picks. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with you guys. I think the Pistons will be the worst team. And, and while we're on the topic of the Rockets, I mean, they're 1-16. They've lost 15 games in a row. Uh, I've seen reports that it looks like John Wall won't be moved at all this year. So he's just a waste of $30 million, uh, probably partying his ass off every night because he's not playing. Um, uh, Steven Silas's job is in jeopardy, apparently, if they keep this skit up. What did they lose, 23 in a row last year? Like, It's just yeah. an absolute shit show. I, I caught a, a few minutes of the Celtics Rockets, and I mean – Holy shit, when it got down to garbage time and the garbage players was in, it looked like fucking Timberlane basketball. It was pathetic. Uh, it was despicable. It was just a complete lack of organization and skill all around. Uh, it was just really disgusting. So your thoughts? Um, no, I pretty much agree with everything that you said, Colin. And it's hard to believe that we're only like a few years removed from like the James Harden, Russell Westbrook Rockets with Mike <laughs> Chris D'Antoni, Paul. Chris Paul, even like the hell happened. Like talk about a quick turnaround. It's, it's unbelievable. I got not a lot to say. Don't really follow the NBA, but holy shit. The Rockets are just absolute garbage. Yeah, I mean, they're not even they're not trying to win and they're not hiding it at all. I mean, we talked I, I know I mentioned with the with the Coyotes win 10 games. Will the Rockets even win five fucking games? <laughs> they just go it's, four and say 78. No. <laughs> Who'd they beat? Who'd they beat? Who'd they beat? I don't Anyone know. know. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Um, like, well, I that's find embarrassing. It. Well, I find it. Uh, Evan. Yeah. Give me a number of games the Hawks will continue to win in a row. Uh, they've got five in a row. They're nine and nine now, uh, just outside of the play-in spot at 10. They're sitting at 11. Uh, how long do you think this streak goes for the Hawks? Well, they I don't know. Oh, God, and the Thunder are abysmal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll say Atlanta wins. I think they'll keep it up a little bit longer. Um, I'll say nine or ten. I don't really know who they're playing, but I think when you get hot, especially in that league, like 
it really carries over and you can build some really good momentum. And I, I think they have a lot of talented players there. So I'll say it goes like a little while longer. I'll go nine or 10. Oh my God. Hold on. Before we move on, sure. uh, just the Rockets, 126 to 98 loss to the San Antonio Spurs who are in the dumpster. Uh, 124 to 106 to the Timberwolves in the dumpster. Uh, beaten to a pulp by the Jazz, 122 to 91. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, lost to the lowly Pistons, 112 104. Uh, the Suns, oh my fuck, 115 89. The Grizzlies, 136 to 102. I mean, God, just getting the piss kicked out of them. Anyways, the Hawks. Uh, yeah, so I have the schedule pulled up right here. So they got the Spurs tonight. I think they can win that one. Win. Uh, yep. And then they play the Grizzlies. Um, win. I think they'll win that one. They play the Knicks at home. I'll give them win. that. They're just they eating the dubs, Jameis Winston. Uh, they play <laughs> the Pacers at home. Um, I actually think they so, can still win that one. I, I agree. Play, keep, keep going. They got nine. the... They got Sixers at home. I think they win that. Uh, they do play Charlotte, but they are at home. So, I mean. I think they lose one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're riding that hot streak, I mean, as long as yeah. you're at home, you may mm-hmm. win those. Uh, yeah. Then they play the Timberwolves, but then they do play the Nets. But they get the Nets at home. And, and, and they got the, the Rockets. historically good against the Nets. <laughs> yeah. Dan's so, got them up to what, 12, 13 now? 13, well, I think. And then they got the Rockets. That'll be the that'll be the killer. When Houston comes to town, just everybody watches out. As Newman says, trap game. Dude, this is such a like after the Rockets, they have at the Magic, they could win that. Then they have the Nuggets at home, the Cavaliers at home, the Magic again, the Sixers, which they probably could lose that one, and then they play at uh, Madison Square Garden Garden to play the Knicks. On Christmas Day. I mean, really, that's a beautiful <laughs> December. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if any of you have seen the Celtics December schedule, but it is a a tour through hell. Um, I think they play all Western Conference playoff teams at least once. Uh, the top four in the East, uh, it, it's a dreadful December for the Celtics. It's really going to be a... Uh, a make it or break it month. And well, I know uh, Newman hasn't really touched upon the Hawks, but uh, I know we don't like to talk basketball that much. So let's move on to the Celtics. I have one question about them. Uh, Celtics, Knicks, or Horn- and Hornets? Uh, currently all in the playoffs. Do you see all of them making it, the, at least the play-in? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I just – I know if you look at, like, the bottom, like, four teams or, or so, like the bottom few, like – they won't be anywhere close. And I, I like all those teams uh, to, to be top 10 seed uh, in the top 10. So, yeah. Dan, you agree? Yeah, I think that's fair to say, at least to be in the top 10. I know I was lower on the Celtics coming into the year. Um, originally not even having them in my playoff predictions to begin with, but ended up putting them in there. But, um, yeah, I think it's fair to say they'll be in the top 10 at least. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's going to be interesting now that we have Brown back on not limited minutes, how we all play together. We seemingly cannot play as a full team, so let's see how it goes. Let's play win-loss real quick with the Celtics in December. 
Sure. Favorite December game. 1st, the Philadelphia 76ers at the Garden. Loss. Oh, we're, we're not winning that. <laughs> Someone keep a tally. 0-1. Uh, at Utah. Oh, fucking loss, and I would bet all my savings on that one. 0-2. Oh, uh, the <laughs> yeah. next night, they go to Portland. No, they're not winning that one either. Oh, and what do you three. guys think? I um, agree. Yep. Back to back, it's not good. Then they go to the Lakers. No, we, just, we mopped the Lakers last time. That's a dub. One and three. Next night, you play the Clippers in LA. No. Well, I think, we might win that. I think we could win that one. Yeah. I'll two and three. That. We'll say two and three. Uh, two nights later, you go into Phoenix. Two and four. No, they've won like 15 straight. And then you play the Bucks three days later, two and five. Yeah. And then you get the Warriors a few days <laughs> later, two and six. Two and six. And then you go at home. Sorry, the at least the Bucks and the Warriors are at home, but still I'll give them losses for both. Two and six. Mm. At home, the Knicks, uh, the night after the Warriors. It's the 18th. Yeah, we could win that. I'd say win. All right, three and six. Then Philly comes to town two days later. Yeah, we'll split. Split with Philly. Okay, four and six. Cavaliers come to town two days later. We've already split uh, two games with them. When? When they're hot, though. They are hot. They got to cool down at some point by then, though, no? I guess I don't know. They just played really well. All right, five and six, five and six. Five and six, five and six. All right, Christmas Day, we go to Milwaukee. Nope. Oh, fuck no. Five and seven. Then we go to Minnesota. No, we can't beat Luka ever. No, wrong team. I lied. Minnesota. <laughs> Although I'd the Timberwolves beat there. the Grizzlies by like 45 the other night. I'd give us a win over the Timberwolves. Okay. Yeah. Six and seven. And then at home against the Clippers. Probably split. Him and split. We, lose, we lose, right? We lose. Six probably. and eight. And then December 31st, we played the Suns at home. No. No. Six Five and nine in the month of December. Six and nine. Six, Six and nine. That's trash. That's, that's abysmal. Enough to keep you in the top ten. Yeah, but better, it's not good. Better than Houston will do all year. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the NHL. A little more entertaining here from us. Let's see the power rankings first. All right, Carolina at number one, uh, moving up two spots to overthrow the Florida Panthers, who dropped down to two. Edmonton Oilers drop down a spot to three, while Toronto climbs three spots up to number four. Calgary stays at five. Uh, I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Tampa Bay staying at six. Minnesota Wild drop three spots down to seventh. Uh, New York Rangers jump up a spot to eight. Washington Capitals make an appearance in the top ten, moving to nine from not ranked. And the Winnipeg Jets cracked the top 10 for the first time this year at number 10. Um, before I get to any of you Goombas, unless Dan has something to say. Just one quick note, because I get everybody's top 10s and get to see how the averages work. Uh, no one had the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Jets ranked besides Evan at eight. 
and that's how they squeaked into the top 10. I thought I had the Jets ranked. I thought I had them at 10. Oh, I had to drop them out. Yes, because you forgot the Oilers. I forgot Edmonton, yes. Who, by the way, I don't believe belongs number three. (laughs) I think Calgary's better than them right now. No. I would disagree. No, there's just no way. Calgary, come on, man. We'll get to this. uh, Let's just get to it now. I mean, Calgary's got seven shutouts in 20 games. Come on. Shutouts are fluky. Jacob Markstrom's not fucking Jesus Christ out there. I mean, you know who is, though? McDavid. You know who is? McDavid. And he doesn't play for Calgary. Held pointless for the first time in 25 games last night. Whoop-de-fucking-do. Crazy stat that he went 25 games. He just started the whole year and hasn't not had one off night. (laughs) Calgary, though, Colin, like the offense is not even like – like obviously can make the case like Calgary's probably like a much better defensive team and they have the better goaltending, but – Really, it's a game of offense, and Edmonton puts up four or five goals every game, and like they win by doing that. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I don't know. I just Calgary's ahead of them in the standings. Yeah, because they have some games in hand. Yes, that's true. Yeah, they do. How about I don't know, what does think? What about the, the rest of your rankings or the rankings? What do you guys think? This looks pretty good. I had Vegas in at ten. I had Colorado in at 10. You had Colorado in? Yeah. I think I actually initially had Anaheim as 10. They're close oh. to being top 10. No, I had uh, I had Anaheim 9, Winnipeg 10. But then since I forgot Edmonton, I dropped uh, everybody down. How do you forget Edmonton? I, I don't know. I just wasn't paying attention when I was doing the rankings. I was watching TV. He's <laughs> done this multiple times. With other yeah, Dan always catches. He's like, I, I like my preseason NFL is like no Chiefs. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> well, like, so a week ago, I was doing the college football one, and this guy like flipped Michigan and Michigan State. So all of a sudden, Michigan coming off of a loss or something climbed three spots. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a bozo when it comes to the power rankings. And it was like week two of the NFL. I know Cleveland is like very high at the time for Colin, and then they just weren't in his top ten. I'm like, oh. yeah, yeah, I've forgotten. I've forgotten um, Dallas when they were hot. Um, I think I forgot the Chargers after they beat the Chiefs. Like I forget a, a lot of teams, uh, and Dan always kindly points them out for me. So thank you, Dan. And then it like when he put this is the funniest story because he put Cleveland in the top ten, but then he like he was like put him at six, then the sixteen goes to nine and kick the nine team out. Don't move seven to eight. Remember that that was hysterical. <laughs> we told that story on Gridiron. It was so funny. I don't know. My brain was just functioning strangely. Do you have CTE? <laughs> no, I've never had a concussion in my life. So you think. So I think. Um, the kid was definitely dropped on his head as a baby. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Evan, you fucking jackass. Um, uh, let's talk about some more hockey here. Uh, enough of the calling hate here. Um, who's got a better shot at making the playoffs? The San Jose Sharks or the Los Angeles Kings? I know it's very early in the season, 
Um, but both sit at 19 points through 18 games. They're tied for fifth place in the Pacific. You think they have a shot, either team? Um, I don't really think either. Like, I had L.A. at the beginning. Right now, the way it's starting to look, I probably don't think either will get in. But they're both playing well for different reasons. San Jose has been riding the hot hand of James Reimer, who's had a terrific start to this year, which uh, I never thought I'd say. Um, kind of really took a hold of that job from Aiden Hill after he had struggled. So it's good to see Reimer getting those starts. Um, and then as far as the Kings go, their offense has actually been pretty good. Kopitar's had a great year. Kempe's had a great year. Um, so they're playing well for different reasons. I don't think either makes it. If I had to pick one of the teams to make it, I'd probably say Sharks because I think the Kings defense is not as great and I don't trust their goaltending as much, but um, we'll see what happens. Dan, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I was looking back at my predictions and I did have the Kings making the playoffs, but I, I don't know if either team will make it. And I think just kind of to go back on my original thinking, I did have the Ducks in over the Kings originally and then switched it because I don't know anything about hockey. Because you so, probably listen to, to me and Newman. <laughs> I did actually wait for you guys to send in your stuff to to uh, make my predictions off of it. But um, I should have stuck to my gut, I think, because Ducks look fine right now, at least looking at the standing, because I know nothing about hockey. So I don't think either team would collapse. Um. I would probably say neither team because I feel like the Ducks have kind of filled that that spot. But if I had to pick, I'd probably pick the Kings. I actually trust the Kings goaltending way more than fucking James Reimer. Jonathan Quick has had a phenomenal start to the year, um, and Kopitar has been really good. Um, but I don't see either team making a push at this point. Well, it's yeah. like you also got to take real quick, Colin. It's also like you got to take into account Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary is the top three, and then you don't really know what's going to happen with wild cards. Like Anaheim obviously is in it right now, and I would trust them over the uh, over the two teams we're talking about. So, yeah, yeah, I don't really think either team has a great shot. Um, but you never know. Like if Quick got hot, him and Peterson got really hot last year for like a 10, 15 game stretch, and for a while Kings were second place in that division. Um, so I think they're capable of doing it. It's just uh, actually doing it. Um. One last thing to talk about, just the Metro division as a whole. Um, outside of the Islanders, it's really just a bunch of teams playing good hockey right now. Everybody's above 500 outside of New York, um, which to me is shocking. I thought New York would be the best team in this division. Um, but, yeah, what, what is everyone's thoughts on the Metro? How do you see it shaping out? I think the Metro is pretty good. Um Obviously, like, I guarantee, was it two pods ago I said Islanders wouldn't make it? Um, I feel pretty good about that. I just, they can't score fucking goals. Uh, it's a huge problem for them. Carolina, 100% will make it. I think Washington, the Rangers make it as well. Pittsburgh is hard to read, as is Columbus. I still like the Flyers to get in. I know Newman wasn't high on the Flyers, and they're obviously not in a playoff spot right now. Um Devils look pretty decent. Uh, they still have uh, a lot of games left to go. Uh, they played less than most of these other teams. So it's totally wide open, really, uh, besides Carolina and Washington, even New York. Like, I think that's pretty solid top three right now. 
Um, I don't really got much because, again, don't know much about hockey. Um, but obviously, looking at it, uh, the Metropolitan's really, really good right now. Um, looking on back on it, uh, I did not have the Hurricanes even making the playoffs, um, which I think everybody either did. did we? So, no. Yeah, I'm ashamed. Well, so actually, Colin had them at seven. In oh, I did have them. Yeah, Evan did not. Um, I did have the Capitals actually pretty high. So I will pat myself on the back for that one. But again, don't know much. So just looks like very good hockey going on in the Metropolitan Division. As it usually is. I feel like the Metro is always pretty tough compared to our, our weak Atlantic. Um, yeah. Yeah, I had, I had Carolina, I think, winning that division, if I'm not mistaken, or the Islanders. I think, um, you, I think you had um, Carolina. Yeah, if I remember which, correctly, which was the the intellectual decision there. Um, so uh, no, I actually think you had the Islanders. Well, mm-hmm. fuck me. I guess I had the Islanders. Well, that didn't turn out well, but I had Carolina in there. Didn't have Flyers in there. The Flyers are terrible. Um, I think for me, I think Carolina's a lock. I think Washington's a lock. I think New York will only go as far as Shesterkin takes them. And so if he continues to play at this Vesna level, I think they'll slide right in at that three. But if he starts to stumble, I could see, you know, New Jersey overtaking them, Pittsburgh making a climb. So that's something to watch the rest of the way. I would just quickly argue with the Rangers. I think their offense is very fucking good. Uh, obviously, Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, they got the young kids. Crider's having a great year. I think the offense has been just as important to their success so far um, as with Igor. Although the young kids have been shit, haven't they? I think – Kako's finally turning it around, and Lafreniere has not been terrible. Kreider, Kreider is not going to score a goal a game like he has been. It's been great for fantasy, but he's not going to keep up this pace. No, I don't see Kreider keeping up that pace. But they, they have been good. Like I, I like them a lot. I like that third line with Goudreau. Um, who else is playing on it? They got Ryan Strom as well. Strom. Right, um, Heedle. Yep. Yeah. I had the Rangers in. I had Carolina in. Uh, I had Toronto in, but I also had the Islanders in, and I had the Flyers in, and the Bruins, who right now are not in a playoff spot. So they look bad anyway. They do. All right. Uh, let's move on to lineup cards. We got a little bit of a Thanksgiving themed lineup card, a little festive. Uh, yep. So, Evan, yeah. take it away. Yeah, so we got um, some questions based on the teams playing on Thanksgiving Day tomorrow, and then uh, just some you know basic Thanksgiving questions, I guess. So let's get right into it. Buy or sell? Matt Nagy will be fired after the game tomorrow, regardless of the result. We'll go Colin, Dan, and then Newman. Uh, I'm gonna sell. It's just like this guy has committed so many fireable offenses already that like. Why would you do it now? You might as well wait until the end of the year at this point, especially if they win. Like, that just wouldn't make much sense to me. Dan? I'm going to go up by um, Matt Nagy needs to be fired. Um, and I think with it just being the short week, I feel like this, they may be keeping them around just for that reason, um, just so they're not scrambling. Um, but uh, I, he should be fired already and he should be fired after this because i think they're gonna play poor against the lions um but uh, 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to say he's going to get fired. Bye. I'm buying as well. Uh, and for those of you who don't listen to the Gridiron Pod, my bold take is going to be that they get the blow, the doors blown off them, and he gets fired. So it's Tim fucking Boyle. No, Goff's gonna play. Oh really? Oh yeah. I might change my pick. For me, I'm gonna sell this. Um, you know, I I get it. Like my little is a huge Bears fan. He also brought up the point that. Um, it's also a national TV game, which, which I'm sure has something to do with maybe them not making the change yet. I don't know. Like to Colin's point, like why, why is he not fired already? Like, I don't know. It'll certainly be gone at the end of the year. I don't doubt that for a second, but I don't know. It's just, it would be interesting because I think that they'll win. So it's going to be hard to fire a coach after a win. Yeah. That's, that's more what I was thinking. Yeah. Kind of, I guess, the reason why maybe he hasn't been fired yet. I mean, obviously, you start with the year with Andy Dalton, and then you get Justin Fields in there. Give it a little time. And then, I mean, they played uh, after getting blown out by the Buccaneers when that was week seven. I mean, close game against uh, the 49ers. Then you play a really close game against the Steelers. And then another close game against the Ravens, but they really should have won that one without Lamar. And, I mean, I can see why he hasn't been fired yet, but I think that loss in the way that they lost to Baltimore, I mean, it's obvious it's not working out. I know Justin Fields got hurt, but. Well, I mean, like all three of those games, I mean, prior to the season starting, I would have thought Chicago had a good chance of winning. I had them in the playoffs at 10 and seven. And like, if they had won those three games, this is a whole different conversation. Like that puts that, what are they three and seven now? If they won those three games, they'd be six and three. Uh, they most certainly be in a playoff spot, six and four, I guess, certainly be in a playoff spot in the NFC. Um, and, and they were all winnable games at one point or another. Chicago had chances to win all three of those games. So uh, it's just it shows how close football can come, you know, one bounce away from a win, one bounce away from a loss. Sticking in Chicago, buy or sell. Darnell Mooney is the best receiver on the Chicago Bears. Sell. I'm just so angry at Chicago. Like I think Nagy should be fired. Um, and if only if there was one reason, it would just be that Allen Robinson doesn't get enough looks in this offense. He's a beast. Like this is a guy that before the season we were talking about. It's like one of the top wide receivers, one of the most underrated wide receivers in the National Football League. He doesn't get enough looks. Uh, this offense is so pedestrian. They just they offer nothing. There's no use for Robinson. He's, he can make big plays. He's a good route runner. Like they got to get him involved if they ever want to fucking score points. I would just argue. I think the offense has some pieces in place to maybe make, like it should be performing better than it is. Obviously Montgomery, it sucked that he had to get hurt. I think he's a really good running back, but Herbert played well in his absence. Right, Herbert, you got Robinson, you got Mooney, you got Cole Komet, who they drafted. Uh, they got Jimmy Graham. Uh, they got Justin Fields. Like, this could be a good offense. I know the offensive line, I don't know enough about it, but I would assume that's part of the problem. Dan, maybe. I'll let you answer the question as well right now. The whole thing's a shit show. <laughs> Play calling <laughs> offensive line. It- yeah, uh, Justin Fields is a rookie, and then your best defensive player isn't helping out your defense, which then in turn affects your offense. Um, mm. it, it's a shit show, and we'll probably talk about it on the gridiron. 
Yeah. Darnell Mooney, best receiver on the Bears, Dan. Buy or sell? Uh, I'm going to buy. I go back and forth with players like Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay. Um, and again, maybe this is just my personal opinion being biased in what I look for in receiver. I have no taste for just big receivers that go vertical down the field, and that's about all they do. Um, it's just not my type. And Allen Robinson is one of those guys. Doesn't have a lot of speed, kind of just goes down the field catches a couple deep balls, runs a couple nice routes underneath. Um, it's just not my guy. Um, it, so I have to go with Darnell Mooney being the better receiver. Connor? I'm going to buy as well, but only because I'm salty. I feel like I, I threw away $100 this year when I clicked draft on Allen Robinson in round four. Um, <laughs> and he has since he has since rode my bench since week three. Uh, I dropped him. I can't bring it to myself to drop him. I'm, I actually have to play him this week because of all the, the injuries and shit. So I'm hopefully tomorrow he goes off. But man, I mean, I'm looking, he has 50 targets to Mooney's 75. Like those numbers should be reversed, but it's ridiculous. I'm going to buy as well. Um, I like Mooney. I think he's, he's a playmaker. He's flashy. He's got some speed. Dan brought up Robinson. Like, I don't know. I, I don't really know what's up with them. And, I feel like if you're Chicago, you got to get this guy out of here uh, for next year. Like, you, you can't bring this guy back. But it was so inter- interesting to see, like, on that fourth and 11 play, I get it was busted coverage, but, you know, you see Dalton just launch up a ball for Goodwin. Like, Goodwin, that should have been Robinson running the route. I know he was hurt and didn't play, but, like, they haven't done any of those sorts of plays really all year. So it was Hello. just it was puzzling to me. So uh, I don't know. I, I like Mooney, though. Uh, 16 targets a short week ago. Buy or sell, the Las Vegas Raiders should move on from Derek Carr in the offseason. Colin. I'm going to sell. Like, the Raiders have a lot of problems. I don't think Carr is the most important of those problems. Um, they need to figure out their fucking front office. They need to figure out their organization as a whole. Um, they need to figure out how to turn draft talent into NFL talent and how to keep that draft talent from fucking up off the field. Um, they've had plenty of that. Uh, I mean, Ruggs, Arnett, um, anyway, anyone you want to point out, I'm sure it's, someone's done something fucking bad for the Raiders. Um, I, I like Derek Carr. I think he's a top 15 quarterback in the league. He's, uh, since Amari Cooper has had dog shit to work with. I mean, you have Waller for the past few years, but really nothing to work with a, a, a decent O-line, pretty, pretty bad defenses. Like it's no wonder the Raiders have missed the playoffs in a pretty tough division perennially. Um, So I think the Raiders have a lot more issues than Derek Carr. Dan? Uh, I'm going to go with sell, but I do believe they need to draft somebody, not high in the draft, but I think later in the draft, more of like a fourth or fifth round. Um, just on the off chance, cause like looking at his contract, he is under contract for next year. So I'm going to keep him at least for the one more year. Um, and I'm going to bring in a rookie fourth, fifth round. Maybe the guy gets a spark and he's just kind of under the radar and just hits, um, whoever it may be. Um, I'll figure that out later. Um, but it, I don't know. Derek Carr is decent. It's kind of like Kirk cousins. It's like, you could do better than Kirk, but as soon as you lose him, you can completely do worse. Um, and Derek Carr is just one of those guys, so it's hard to move off of him, but, like, you, you kind of do want to move off of him when you're struggling. Um, 
But where he's under contract for at least one more year, I'm going to keep him, so I'll sell. Newman? I feel like Spencer Rattler would fit in nicely with the uh, the Raiders. <laughs> As a seventh-round pick? No. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm selling. I mean, I know they kicked the tires on on Brady a couple of years ago, but unless unless Brady comes walking through the door again, I don't see them moving on from Derek Carr. As shitty as he is, I hate that guy and his haircut. <laughs> Looking like the dude from Home Alone now. Yeah, I saw that. Today. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen his haircut. What did he fucking do? It just keeps growing out. It looks uh, like a horseshoe on his fucking head. It's just ugly. <laughs> Derek Carr um, haircut. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell as well. Uh, obviously, with more issues coming, but up the front office, you obviously need a new coach. You need a new culture there. You need receivers there. Just more important things uh, for the Raiders to focus on. Yeah, he kind of looks like Marv. Yeah, Marv. Yes, thank you. Uh, moving into question four: Buy or sell? The Dallas Cowboys will lose Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator, to a head coaching gig this offseason. Colin. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that. I'm gonna buy that. I think the Cowboys offense has been good enough this year. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with more. Yes, you get Dak back. That's gigantic. And as good as I think Dak is, I think Dak is very a uh, very much a benefactor of Kellen Moore. Uh, he's super creative. I mean, you saw the play like the Tony Pollard big run the other day. Like that was just a great play design um they they are great in play action he creates a lot of opportunities for his best receivers to create space which they're extremely good at so I think he just sets up his players to succeed um far more often than a lot of other coaches do and uh I think it's kind of going to be the case of the enemy except he's going to get a job um so yeah I'll buy that Dan uh I'm also going to go with buy um, and I think he's kind of learned from Eric Bieniemy and Brian Dable and the fact that they did not take head coaching jobs. And it seems as though one bad year is now going to ruin their chances of actually getting a job next year. Um, Kellen Moore obviously um, was the OC under Jason Garrett. And it says something when Mike McCarthy comes in and still wants to keep Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. I mean, um, just a young, talented offensive mind um, hurts to say as an Eagles fan, but he is very good. Um, and he, I think he'll definitely get a head coaching job. Uh, I know the Eagles actually interviewed him this past off season. Um, I went back and forth of if I actually wanted him, he may still kind of be too young, kind of like Joe Brady, just a little young to be a head coach. But I think after this season, he should definitely get a job. So I'm going to buy. It's also funny because he was a fucking dog shit quarterback when he was in the league. Yeah, uh, Newman. <laughs> That is true. No, I'll buy. I think I think he's shown that he can do enough, given the weapons that he can put together a pretty coherent offense. And I think a lot of teams would find that as an upgrade over whatever the fuck they have now. You know what's crazy is like he can build this perfect high functioning offense, but he could never fucking be a part of one. <laughs> well, I think he's a mind. He's not a he's he doesn't have the skills. He's got yeah, the mind I mean... though. He came from Boise State. He's not the most physically gifted guy when he came into the league. I mean, he's obviously very smart, um, very good career at Boise State, but, um, you know, just not. Newman sending memes. Newman sending memes to the group chat. Oh, my God. Derek Carr's haircut looks like a highway. (laughs) 
Oh god! No, it looks like the other the other person. I just don't want to say their yeah, name. That- oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dan, what were you saying about Kellen Moore? All right, let's move on to questions. Wait, I I got to answer. I'm gonna oh, say yeah. bye. I think he'd be a great fit in Denver or Las Vegas, um, and I think. Uh, Denver would be great. Imagine they get Aaron Rodgers, Kellen Moore brought in, even with those. Uh, I know it would probably not happen. Dan shakes his head, but you look at all the weapons they have. That would be a really, really scary offense. With the two running backs. Team. You look at the two running backs in Dallas already. I, I you know, you could draw some comparisons uh, there. Um, question five: Buy or sell? The Buffalo Bills will win the AFC East. We all had them as the one seed two weeks ago, Colin. I know, and it's just like in those two weeks, they have really fallen flat on their fucking faces. Uh, I think I have to sell, and I really don't want to because I, I, as much as I believe in the Patriots team, I don't like the people that are talking about Super Bowls. I don't like the people that are talking about the Pats as the most complete team in the AFC. I still think they have a lot to figure out. I still think Mac is very much a rookie. And come playoff time, I don't know how confident he's actually going to be. I know he's played in big playoff games before in college, but that's way different than the NFL. Um, Still, though, I have to sell. It seems like this Patriots team, I mean, we'll find out after the next four weeks for the Pats, right? They have Tennessee this week, then Buffalo, then a bye, then Indy, and then Buffalo again. Um, so that's a hell of a stretch for New England. If they can come out of that at three and one or even two and two, I think they probably have a very good shot at winning the AFC East um, because it seems like Buffalo could lose to any team right now. It seems like sometimes Buffalo is just not going to show up. So I'm going to sell Buffalo winning. Dan, you're a big Pats guy right now. Yeah, I am. Uh, I had them at number three in my power ranking, which we'll get to on the gridiron, but I mean, if you look at this Bills schedule, they have to go to New Orleans, obviously tomorrow. They do play at home against the Pats, which we'll talk about later, but then they have to play the Bucks still. They have to play a decent Panthers team right now. At Gillette, you play the Falcons, and then you play the Jets. I'm, a lot of games in there that I would say that they could definitely lose. I mean, if you kind of look at the Patriots schedule, I mean, you, you're lucky enough to get the Titans at home. Uh, then obviously you have to play the Bills. You play the Colts, who they're getting better every week, so that game looks much better. But then Buffalo at home. Then you play Jacksonville and Miami to end the year. I think how it just works out. I mean, I think New England's going to win this division. I think they have a real shot at getting the, the number one seed in the AFC, just kind of how the AFC's playing out this year. Um, whether they make the Super Bowl or not, I mean, the saying goes, you just got to get into the tournament. And anything can happen. So it, that goes for all the other teams, two through seven. Um, but uh, for the AFC, at least, I'm going to sell on the Buffalo Bills winning that division. Newman. I'll be you didn't even have the Patriots in. Well, yes, they will get in. But they, I think the Bills are going to win the East. I mean, it's going to be decided in those two games they play each other. I don't, I don't even care about the rest of the schedule. Um, I mean, and then I think if they split, it probably goes to the Patriots. But I think the Bills are good enough to overcome these past disasters. Um, and the Patriots don't have a back like Jonathan Taylor, so I'll take the Bills. I'm going to 
take the Patriots to win the division. I'm partly biased, but I'm just absolutely loving what I'm seeing. I mean, five wins in a row. They look fucking fantastic. They're running the ball really well. Max making, you know, great decisions with the football, not turning the ball over, um, really managing the game very well. And we know about that defense. Uh, Buffalo, I'm pretty harsh on Buffalo. At the beginning of the year, I had them like 11 and six or something like 12 and five. I don't know. I said I wasn't as high on Buffalo. Uh, although fucking midseason, I decided to put them number one like an idiot. But um, <laughs> no, I just just something's off with Buffalo right now, and it's hard to put a finger on what it is. Um, Josh you know, Allen and the, the lack of the run game. The lack of the run game is a huge thing. Uh, and Dan brought up Brian Dayball. Like, looked like a really big name at, at, to be a head coach a short year ago, and now with Buffalo's struggles on offense. Maybe not. Maybe not so much. So I'm going to take the Pats to win the division, though. Moving into question six. Saints playing on Thanksgiving tomorrow against the Bills. Buy or sell. The Saints should start Taysom Hill for the remainder of the season at quarterback. Colin. I'd buy. I mean, you already know what Semyon is, right? Like, he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. He's serviceable. He's probably going to turn the ball over a couple times. He's also probably going to make some good throws, good decisions, and he'll keep you in the game. But they just give Taysom Hill this hybrid contract, whatever the fuck that is, where he's making $40 million, but he could make ninety-five, depending on what position he plays over the next four years. Um so if you're willing to give a guy almost $25 million a year to be your quarterback, why not figure out if he's capable of doing that right now? Uh, it was a great spot. And uh, New Orleans is in the hunt right now. If Hill can propel you into the playoffs and play well, I mean, there's your answer, right? He's capable of being your quarterback. You don't need to spend money on Winston. Um, and you already have Hill right there. So I think this is the perfect time to find that out. Dan? Uh, I'm also going to buy Trevor Simeon this year. I mean, he has 900 yards, and I think it's eight touchdowns and two picks. Um, Obviously, two of those coming against my Eagles this past week. But I I think Taysom Hill just adds more to the offense, and we've talked about this before. I mean, with his mobility, I think it just kind of keeps teams on edge of what can happen um, in terms of pass game, run game. Uh, it's just more of a stress to the defensive coordinator trying to make a game plan. Whereas Trevor Simeon, I mean, he's not going to huck the ball deep. It's just not what he does. He's more of just a, the typical backup quarterback. He's not going to make that many dumb reads, but he's not going to make any stellar plays. And I think that's very easy to game plan against. Um, and the Saints offense has kind of struggled the last couple of weeks. So Taysom Hill, I think, gives him the better upside. And as Colin said, I mean, the contract, you might as well see what you actually have as opposed to just keep giving him this money. He's not doing anything for you. Yeah, I was surprised they even when they um, when Winston got hurt, I was kind of surprised to see them go with Simeon anyway. I, I would have ex- would have imagined them to go to Hill right away. Well, Newman, what do you hurt. think? Oh, he was hurt. Okay, never mind. Thank you, Newman. I'm I'm buying on playing Hill the rest of the way. You got to see what you got. Is he playing tomorrow? Do we know? I'm not sure. Let me find out. I'm gonna pick him up in fantasy if he is. I'm not. I don't believe play. he is. Fuck. What I remember playing to uh, turn the ball over. <laughs> uh, no, I I agree. I'm gonna buy that. Uh, just such a high ceiling. Like we talk about, like he's got low floor. Like him and Simeon about the same like floor, but like the ceiling is so much higher with Taysom Hill in there. Well, um, I would argue. 
I don't know if the ceiling's high. I mean, he offers more, obviously. I don't think Taysom Hill is that good of a quarterback, but at least as an athlete, he's going to offer more. And with Sean Payton as your head coach, I mean, you're just going to get the schemes that are wide open. And I, I don't think Taysom Hill will ever be this quarterback that gets like a $20 million contract. I mean, he's obviously showing he's about to, but I don't think he's worth that money. Um, I just don't think he's that good of a quarterback. How many games oh, yeah. has he even started at quarterback? Not a like lot. four or five. Yeah. All right. So we got three more questions. Thanksgiving based. Buy or sell, Colin. Thanksgiving is the best holiday. Some people think it is. Some people don't. What do you think? I mean, I think you just have to exclude Christmas from this question because everyone picks Christmas. Outside of Christmas, absolutely, Thanksgiving is the best holiday. I mean, you sit around, you eat good food all day, you watch mostly shitty football, but you're watching football. Um, it, I, it's unbeatable. Dan? Um, well, so I'm going to sell because the question doesn't exclude Christmas. Uh, Christmas is – the best holiday. It's the best time of the year. Um, well, yeah, no shit, Dan, but I, uh, come on now. Well, some people actually legitimately think Thanksgiving is better than Christmas. So that's why I didn't yeah. exclude it. Well, they're fucking morons. But... So I'm going to sell because the question does not tell me Christmas is excluded. If so, I would probably agree, but I'm going to sell. Newman. This is the clearest sell of my life. It's Christmas is the best fucking holiday, and I'm including it because it's just that much better. Yeah, easy sell for me. You'll have Question. to change my official answer to sell then if we're not excluding yeah. Christmas. Oh, I yeah. can't be looking yeah, like the bozo taking Thanksgiving <laughs> over Christmas. <laughs> well, because it was like I thought about saying a top two, but then, of course, it's everyone's second, right? Like, so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's everyone's um, Question eight, buy or sell, mashed potatoes are the best Thanksgiving side. Colin. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Any form of potatoes is the best side, in my opinion. Ben? I'm going to have a hard sell. Um... <laughs> it's a sin. <laughs> um, big stuffing guy. Big stuffing guy. Ugh. Usually between the two, Newman, what do you what do you got? Yeah, if we're including stuffing as a side, then yes, I would sell in favor of stuffing. I'm not a mashed potatoes guy anyway, so Come I would take on. most. Stuff. I mean, most no disrespect to stuffing, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna buy as well. I'm gonna agree with you, Colin, on this one. I I think it's pretty oh. easy. Uh, hey, hey, last so year, last year for Thanksgiving, listen to this: uh, twice baked potatoes loaded. Twice baked loaded potatoes. I don't know if you guys have ever had twice baked potatoes, but it makes no. the skin really crispy. And then Oof. there was bacon crumbles and cheese. Holy shit! It was yeah, unbelievable. that's better than that's way better than mash. I don't want that mash shit near me. Yeah, but you get mash, you <laughs> fucking smother it in gravy. Kidding me? Sounds like something you would like. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Last question here in, in the lineup card. Buy or sell pies are the best Thanksgiving dessert, Colin? Uh, I'm going to have to buy this only because I was thinking of what else I eat on Thanksgiving for dessert, and I couldn't really think of anything. I mean, you get the chocolate chip cookie in there, maybe. Uh, maybe a, a carrot cake if you're a carrot cake type person. I don't mind a nice carrot cake. Uh, some people like cheesecake. I don't really do that, but uh, – Dude, if I see like a chocolate cream pie or some shit like that, apple crisp, 
Forget it. I'm going to have to buy. Dan. I'm also going to buy. Um, I could probably finish an entire pumpkin pie or apple pie tomorrow. <laughs> pumpkin pie. I'd rather <laughs> eat oh, dog yeah. food. No, pumpkin pie, man. Let me tell you, it is good. So is apple pie. Those are my top two. And I could probably finish two of them by myself tomorrow if given the opportunity. <laughs> you fat fuck. <laughs> Newman. I mean, this is why I'm so skinny. I'm selling because my grandma, my grandma, my grandmother bakes really nice brownies and they're very good. So gotta, gotta go. support they the lace Newman. She put anything in them. Anything good? <laughs> whatever, whatever fucking Isaiah, whatever Isaiah Stewart took, that's what's in them. <laughs> Oh, you're saying you have a confrontational Thanksgiving dessert at your house? Yeah, we're beefing. Uh, for me, I got to agree with Newman. Uh, just a big cookie brownie, dude. I, I, I'm i not about these pies. I don't like apple pie. I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't like carrot cake, as Colin most recently brought up. I'm not in any of that stuff. So for me, it's a sell. Dude, apple and pie is gas. No, I just don't like it. I don't know why. Pumpkin pie, fuck out of here. But apple pie, absolutely. It's, <laughs> don't uh, let Dan hear this. It's your rant today. All right. Uh, and then yep. we'll wrap the episode up. It's been a long one. Some good laughs <laughs> on this pod. Yeah. So uh, let me know when you're ready, buddy. All right. I'm ready. All right. So we're going to take a trip around the National Football League here. And we're going to call out some, some people, some teams. Uh, just uh, disappointing and people that I don't think really should have jobs anymore. So let's get right into it. First of all, Buffalo Bills, they're deserving of a job, but the way that they're playing of late is cause for concern. I don't think that they're going to win the AFC East, and I don't know what's wrong with it. What's wrong with them? Josh Allen just making some bad throws. They're not, Like I said, they're not running the football. The defense got absolutely torched by Jonathan Taylor. So I'm concerned about Buffalo. I don't know. Like They're going to make the playoffs, but I don't know how far they'll go. Ryan Tannehill. You threw four fucking picks against the Houston Texans. You're clearly nothing without Derrick Henry. And it, it's really concerning. No Arthur Smith there either this year. I don't know what's wrong with him. I picked him up in fantasy in one league to play last week, nine points or something like that. Just really disappointing. I think he misses his weapons of last year. Daniel Jones, uh, you know, some guy who I don't love at all. Dan with the thumbs down. Just questionable decision making. He's a turnover machine. I think the Giants would be best suited to move on from Daniel Jones as soon as they can. I don't think he's a National Football League quarterback. Uh, I'm at, what, a minute? Okay. This uh, up. Josh Rosen, why the fuck's he still on a team? Comes into a game, goes one for three, throws another pick. Falcons should have cut him right after that game was over against the Pats. Tim Boyle. They said on the broadcast that this dude is literally a turnover machine. He was a walk-on at, like, Boise State. He was Aaron Rodgers' backup. They signed him to play him, throws two picks, looks like shit against Cleveland. I could have told you that. Bring in Colin Kaepernick. Bring in someone better that gives you a chance to win. Clearly, the Lions don't want to win. Jaguars, you give James Robinson 12 carries. 12. You only ran the ball 12 times. the fuck's wrong with you? What the fuck's wrong with Urban Meyer? I don't understand it. Dan hates Urban Meyer, but to give a really good running back 12 carries is uh, inexcusable. Four. I'm going to go a little long here. Russ, I only have a few few players left. Russell Wilson, you know, you have such a great cast of characters. I know you're coming back from injury. I don't know what the fuck your performance was against Arizona. Uh, and then two kickers I just want to call out. Fairbairn in Houston shouldn't have a job. And Amendola in the Jets. I've watched a lot of NFL Red Zone this year. These two missed so many kicks. You're fired. 
<laughs> rant. That, was a, that was a good rant. You went 225 solid there. All right. I had to call um, out all those, those people. I had one of those. Oh, the funny story about Josh Rosen. So I had some buddies over to watch the Pats game on Thursday. Evan was invited, but he didn't show up like a scumbag. Uh, <laughs> so we're watching the game, and Josh Rosen comes in, and, and everybody starts shitting on him, my roommates, my friends. And I'm like, guys, guys, come on. I mean, this guy, think about it. Kingsbury really fucked him over. Like, he comes in. He wanted Kyler. Rosen was fucked from the get-go. He gets cut. He, he winds up with Miami. Like, this guy just deserves a chance. I say the word chance, he throws the fucking pick. Everybody starts laughing at me. I'm like, fuck you, Josh Rosen. You can't help me out a little bit. Fuck. They try to come to your defense. I was watching, so I watched that game with my roommates, and it was like, what, like 19 or 18 to zero. And we were like, what are the odds they can just score 28 out of pity and like for the meme? And then Josh Rosen throws that pick six, and we fucking went ape shit. Our landlord was like, what the fuck is going on upstairs? And then yeah. and then they missed the extra point, so then they were a field goal away from twenty eight. Yeah, no, we wanted them to kick it. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Uh, anyway. Anybody have anything to add, or should we wrap this bad Larry up? Let's wrap it. All right. Thanks for listening, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Later. Happy Thanksgiving. Put your tears away. Ain't no fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset The sweat you ain't done yet Take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets I'll be the one who accepts